Hey everyone, and we're back with episode 102 of the District 3 Podcast. My name is Irvin. And I'm Manny. And uh, it's kind of hot out here. Yeah. In oh here. my god, the, the heat came back like with a vengeance. It rained all this week. Yeah, and, and I was okay with that. And then out of nowhere today, it's like burning outside. Yeah. Um, and I'm feeling it, dude. I was outside setting up for, for a little fiesta that we're having with uh, my family and, hey. and sweaty. Mm. And I'm a sweater and Today was bad. And we got to make sure you put that like uh, mosquito repellent because those mosquitoes are out. And I'm not sure if you have the blood type that like they attack you. I don't, <laughs> the, thankfully. The right? sweeter blood type. But yeah. if you do, then I feel sorry for you because you're going to get attacked. I absolutely do. And I'm also like super necio where like anybody that's I'll put on sunscreen. That's the one thing my girlfriend's always like put on some sunscreen. But I'm really bad about putting on bug repellent because I don't like the smell. Yeah. And the natural ones don't work for me. So I'm just like, whatever, they'll bite me a few times and then they'll leave me alone. Is it true that sunscreen makes you sweat more? It does make me sweat Oh, you more. said that. You told me that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you told me that. Well, we'll get fact checked today. Someone so if somebody check us knows, out. leave it down in, in the video comments. But, uh, you know, maybe it does. I don't know. And I, I think it does. It, make, it definitely makes me sweat more. I sweat more when I have it, so I just I agree with what you said. Yeah. So, but if someone wants to fact check us, go ahead and let us know. We'll talk about it next week's episode. But this week, episode one of two, we're actually joined by a community organizer slash NWA president of LULAC, um, Jessica Aguilar. Thank you for joining us. Gracias por invitarme. I'm very happy to be here and joining you guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If- Definitely. I don't know if that's true about making you sweat more, yeah. but uh, it's hot outside, so I mean, we're all yeah, sweating a we're lot. All sweating. <laughs> just put on the sunscreen anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're going to sweat. And I just met you at the Salvadorian Festival, which, what year is this of the festival? Uh, this is the fifth year that we hosted it, but it would have been the sixth year, but due to the pandemic last year, we didn't have one. Okay. And I was telling you off air that um, I was really impressed by how organized it was. Um Having organized hundreds of events myself and having been to a lot of events myself, you know, sometimes, yeah, things happen, you know, that completely kind of throw away our plans for for the event. But y'all just kind of like were like glue and stuck together. And and uh, you told me that that uh, y'all had to improvise last minute because y'all weren't able to have the MC that you were going to have. Our MC canceled. So uh, then uh, Vanessa and I had to step in and be uh, co-MC. Yeah, the numbers were a lot less than they have been in previous year, but we were expecting that because, you know, coming out of a pandemic, a lot of people are still scared. Um, safety was our number one concern, of course. So, you know, we make sure we have hand sanitizers, we have free masks, and uh, we try to keep our groups distance as much as we could. But the turnout was good. I was, I was really impressed. Um, the local businesses that supported us and showed up, uh, they ran out of food before the event was over. So that's oh, always wow. a good sign, yeah. you know? Okay, good for <laughs> so them. That's, a, that's always a good sign. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely successful. And what year was this of the, I might, I might have missed it if you just mentioned that. 2016 is when we, when we started. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how does this idea come about to organize? Obviously it's like, there's a big Salvadorian population here. So why not do a Salvadorian festival? Right. But who comes up with the idea and how do you all work together to make it happen? Okay. So all that credit goes to my mother. Mm. Um, so Paz Aguilar, she's a, one of the founders of Salvadoreños Unidos para Arkansas, which okay. is uh, why they, we, We've always named it El Festival Salvadoreño, but we're looking to change the name for the future, actually, because it's for the entire community. Yeah. But she's Salvadorian, and she wanted to do something for the Latino community mainly, but then it just kind of spread. Um, we just spread into other communities and started helping everybody that needed help. So this 
really was her dream and passion. And she would just kind of ask me for help, right? Hey, Jess, can you do this? Can you type this letter out for the president? Like, oh, yeah, mom, let me, let me do that, you know? <laughs> so things like that, because moms think that we can do anything, right? Yeah. And so then I just kind of got uh, drawn into it, and uh, I've been working for it ever since, just nonstop. Uh, then I was voted to be the director of the organization, and okay. uh, somehow I, um, in a way, became the face only because I'm bilingual and um, I have a good network so you know it kind of goes hand in hand mm. um, but uh, no it, it all comes from my mother but El Siete de Agosto it's um, El Dia Nacional del Salvadoreño that's why we typically host it okay. on August 7th mm. and that's why it's El Festival Salvadoreño but we've received a lot of feedback from the community and our members saying hey uh, a lot of people think this is for Salvadorian people only mm-hmm. yeah. we're like no absolutely not everybody's welcome we're all inclusive so we're thinking of uh, a new name so if you guys want to throw some at us so. yeah we'll, we'll we'll brainstorm something yeah absolutely. <laughs> because uh, yeah i think like uh, the culture the salvadorian culture is is like a, a mix of stuff especially american salvadorian culture it's like uh, it, it is so influenced by all the other things, and I think we can celebrate each other. Here in Arkansas, especially, uh, for those of you that don't know, the Salvadorian immigrants are the second largest group of immigrants um, in Arkansas, um, behind only, of course, our, our Mexican community. Um, tonight at, at the show, Irvin is the minority for once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> once. This is the first time. First time. <laughs> Salvador is that number. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any names that come off the top, but we'll we'll come up with something and if our listeners come up with anything. I do love that y'all had El Buki Salvadoreño there because I'm the biggest Marco Antonio Solis fan yeah. and like, and I had a friend, Alice Gachusa, who was there with me, and uh, she's African American, and but loves Marco Antonio Solis, mm-hmm. and like calls calls him like his eternal boo and all that. So when we saw the guy show up there, we're like, I was like, look, he's right there, <laughs> long hair, not long nice hair. Who is he? So a funny story. So Marco Montiel is his, his given name, uh, his legal name, and you got uh, the Marco already. Yes. Yeah. I mean, his parents knew, right? They, they, uh, yeah, they spoke it into <laughs> existence. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. So when uh, we did uh, an interview for a local news station, we're promoting the festival. So we had uh, Marco Montiel, El Buki Salvadoreño, and we had uh, Carlos Torres, right? So I made the mistake of us, you know, I wanted to tell the public, hey, we have Marco Montiel and Carlos Torres. And I said, Marco Torres. Mm. And he was like, no. So he actually serenaded me at the festival. Mm. But the whole time, he singing to me and he called me Jackie instead of Jesse, <laughs> right? To, like, so, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. But he's been on a lot of shows. Uh, he's actually sung duets with Marco Antonio Solis, with okay. El Buki. Uh, funny story he told, I think, on uh, one of the Tonight shows or something was. Uh, he was in Mexico performing with an artist, and as he's coming back to the States, because he resides in Los Angeles, he's getting pulled over. And he's like, oh, here we go again. They think I'm, I'm Marco Antonio, right? Mm. And he gets pulled over, and they're like, no, we we saw you. We want your autograph. We know you performed with wow. him. You were at the concert. So for him, <laughs> that was like the proudest moment, because they wanted his autograph, right? Okay. So, you know, he's a great singer, very talented. I didn't get to hear him that day, but I bet oh, he is. He, well, you got to go watch Salvador on, on YouTube and on Facebook and on our okay. webpage, because we recorded him live. And, okay. uh, yeah, he, he literally sings. He doesn't. Yeah, he no pretende. He actually does it. <laughs> so, are you gonna go check out Marco Antonio Solis and the concerts that are coming up? I mean, are you guys gonna hook me up with some tickets? Yeah. Well, I wish we had <laughs> tickets. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. I wish it, we man. had Let's tickets, go. but both Manny and both Manny and uh, and myself are going separately. He's right. going with his girlfriend. I'm going with my wife, 
and my sister and and uh, my uh, mother-in-law. Um, Sounds so like you have room for one more. Uh, You're right, already right. taking that Those tickets are expensive though. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably the what? They're like in the hunt. They're like they've gone past the normal price now because people are like buying them and reselling them. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to get some whenever we did. Yeah, for real. And I I remember one time when I was in California, um, I went to In and Out, and there was a guy that looked just like Marco Antonio Solis, right? And uh, but he he's a realtor in the area. And he's well known because people were mistaken for Marco Antonio Solis all the time. So I took a picture with him, and I didn't say nothing. Like I, I just posted it on Facebook, and I just did. I was just like, here, you would, if, if you think it's Marco, Antonio, everybody thought it was Marco Antonio Solis. Yeah, look just like him. I remember. I think I even like like uh, blackened his beard a little bit more. Oh, And and it made him even it made him look even more like Marco Antonio Solis. And so many people believe me, but. If you're listening right now, it was not Marco. <laughs> so Jessica, if you weren't duped. I was just trying to flex so on people. How, how do you book somebody like that? I mean, obviously, like you said, he comes from Los Angeles. That's how big this uh, mm-hmm. festival is, right? Yes. So um, actually, we typically bring international artists. This is the first year that we kept it national and more local um, because we are a nonprofit organization. We're all 100% volunteers. Um, all the money that we do raise goes back into the community in one form or another, and it goes back to uh, countries that have disasters. So okay. when Mexico had that... Terremoto? The terremoto, yeah, uh-huh. the 7.1. Uh, El Salvador had had one also. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we help them, right? Rebuild, uh, help the families, uh, help, help them get uh, groceries and food, and you know, their basics. But... Um, so interesting, this year we were like, we're not going to spend 10 grand. Uh, we had uh, reached out to many different international groups, and the, the, the low low ball we got was 10 grand. Mm. And we're like, no, 10 grand is too much because yeah. that takes everything. We do all this work, and we plan for like six to eight months, and mm. then all the money goes to the artists, right? Because then we have to pay all the other artists, too. Yeah. And so actually, um, he reached out to us. Oh, wow, okay. yeah. Uh, all the artists that perform, they reached out to us. Um, other than um, Sensación Latina, which is local, they've been um, friends of ours, and they've been doing the festival from, from year one. But all the other artists, they reached out to us, and they were like, hey, we would like to be a part of your festival. Man, the man that was half man, half horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't Caballito know what you're... Oh, my God, dude, he was like, he, he sings pretty good, too. He does, he does. Hasta impressed. la paquita del barrio. I miss her, but like, oh, yes, I, what's his name? He's local, no? He's local. I've he seen him at Rogers. different carmeses. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, all the, all the artists reached out to us that they wanted to be a part of the festival. That's legit. That's so cool. So, uh, y'all are sticking to August 7th? Um, we would like to still stick to the same week. If, if we change the name of it, we might move it till you know, okay. a couple of weeks later. So it doesn't interfere with the great festival as well because there's other things oh, yes. going on mm-hmm. in the community around that time. Um, because we want everybody to feel like they're welcome and feel invited. So we don't want anybody to feel excluded. I felt pretty welcome. Like, you all were super nice. Like, people just kept on. Like, I, when I got there and I set up my table because I was doing voter registration there, uh, four different people came and helped put the little tent over my, mm-hmm. my table. I think one of them was your mom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think my daughter did. She was dressed in a typical Salvadoreño outfit, right? Which we registered outfit, her right? to vote. She registered to vote. Yeah, yeah she's 18 cool. now. Awesome. Hey, yeah. registered right away. So I'm super excited to go next year again, and I hopefully Manny helps out with organizing. I know yeah. you just asked yeah. him to organize it all. <laughs> we would like for you to join us, too. I'll help. We'll help some, all hands on deck. It all yeah, helps. Definitely. Absolutely. And, anyway. and, and it's a celebration of all the local Salvadoran businesses, you know, because mm-hmm. there are 
are so many for those of you that don't know lots of great uh places to try traditional salvadorian food go get you some pupusas at the festival but mm -hmm. if not at the festival then you know there's lots of great businesses that are supporting the festival and are part of this community and always give back it's yeah. interesting you say that because um since you're salvadorian you might know what this is but enredado de yuca Mm -hmm. I had not had that probably since I came to the States. I moved to the States when I was 12 years old. Okay. And um, I had an enredado de yuca for the first time at this festival. Only because since I was emceeing the day prior, so the day yeah, two days prior, we started going and visiting the, our local sponsors, right? And then the day prior to the event as well. So we're doing like some marketing for them, right? Like, thank you for, you know, being our sponsor. And what are you going to have, you know, what are you going to be selling at your booth? And so this lady's like, oh, we have these. We started preparing them today, and they were still hot. And I was like, oh, my gosh, and really, you guys, she fixed it for me. So um, yeah, probably gained 20 pounds to the event, <laughs> but, you know. Worth it, worth yeah, it. You got so the whole year. You get every, yeah. every day. Yeah, so I didn't get to actually sit down and eat ever, but I got to try a little bit of everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how you work it. You know, you go to one booth, and they're like, mm, quiero una minuta, and then you eat it, and then you go to the next one, and you're like, well, he gave me a minuta. I want to know. I wonder if his is better or yours. Oh, let me give you mine, right? And then you go to the next one, you know, and well, they hilarious. compete to see which one's better. And I get to try all the food. Hey. That's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. So you wear a lot of hats, you know. Besides the Salvadorian festival that you help organize with your mother, um, you're also the NWA president of LULAC. Um, what are some of the of the tasks that that position has for you at the moment here? Okay, so currently. Um, we are preparing for our LULAC gala. It's our 20th year in NWA for okay. our gala, so it's, it's a big deal. We've been in NWA since 2001, and we've given over $600,000 in scholarship money to local students cool. that actually stay local. It's kind of awesome. Um, every year we have a speaker, and uh, our speaker from uh, three years ago is actually uh, uh, Dr. Cesar Hurtado, who was a LULAC gala my recipient. My wife's doctor. Yeah, so wow. <laughs> I went to high school with him, so it's kind of cool, right? He was a LULAC gala recipient, and then he was he's a doctor now. He's one of our speakers, you know, yeah. from NWA, received the scholarship. Formerly undocumented, break dancer, yes. too. Yes, <laughs> Multi-talented, yes. huh? And so, um, you know, we have um, this year, or I guess I should say last year, we didn't get to host the gala because of the pandemic again. Mm -hmm. So, um but one of a, a local uh, car dealership that the owner received, uh, he was a LULAC, a LULAC scholarship recipient, he uh, owns the dealership, so he donated us a car, and we raffled oh. the car to the community to raise Ooh. funds because we were short on funds for the students, right? Because a lot of our usual sponsors could no longer sponsor because they lost you know, money on the market, yeah. things happened with the, you know, economically for them yeah. during the mm -hmm. pandemic. So um, we had people step up that had been previous recipients and it's great to meet people that are now business owners or you know engineers and have top level positions at big corporations. So that's great. But this year we're celebrating our 20th year. We uh, should already have the date, but we don't unfortunately because um, we are a nonprofit organization. And once again, for this foundation, we're also all volunteers. So um, we're trying to cut back on our, you know, our spending, right? So we're still looking for a location that'll be a little less expensive for mm -hmm. us. Um, but if any of your least listeners want to donate us a location, mm -hmm. by all means, we're open to that as well. <laughs> yeah, and that's and a huge organization. Like she said, it's been here for forever. Uh, I was a recipient whenever I gra graduated from high school. Okay. Um, I think my younger brother was a recipient as well. <laughs> so it's like it, it's it's absolutely given a hand to so many people here locally. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you that don't know the history of LULAC, so it was founded in 1929. Which is the League of United Latin American Citizens, Citizens right? correct. Yes. Uh, founded in Corpus Christi, Texas by middle class Latinos. 
um, it's known, the, you know, the most well-known Hispanic civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. They wanted to, uh, to bridge the gap uh, between, uh, you know, what Anglo people make and what Hispanic people were making at the time. And the best way to do that is through education, right? Go to school, get an education. Yeah. You know, don't complain about things, right? Well, like voting, you know, yeah. don't complain about it. Get educated, register to vote, make mm -hmm. your vote count, things like that. So, um, so LULAC just has a lot of many different hats, but my passion is the education branch. When I started with LULAC, like, seven years ago, six years ago, not how long ago it was. It was as a volunteer, right? It's how they rope you in as a volunteer. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I became the education committee chair and then a VP. And actually, this is my second consecutive year of being the president of LULAC. And we oh. typically only have one president per year. But uh, guess what? They voted me again in a meeting that I happened to miss. The one meeting <laughs> that I happened to miss, that we, we voted. <laughs> And so it, it, it all gets voted in. We, we make it very, uh, very fair. And uh, no, I love it. That, that actually is my passion, education. Because um, our youth is our future, right? Yeah. So we got to make sure we invest in them. And uh, we are so underrepresented for as much as we do and as much talent as we have within our community. We are very underrepresented in oh, yeah. NWA in the United States. Oh, definitely. In everything. In everything, absolutely. Well, right. and, and as important now as ever, you know, we, we just had a bunch of census data come out and shows how di how much diversity there really is in Northwest Arkansas. I think I saw that Northwest uh, Springdale is about 37% uh, Hispanic or Latino, uh, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, almost half of the population at this point. Um, and I <laughs> believe that's underreported, but you, then you go into all the it other absolutely towns. absolutely is underreported. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have, so you've, besides LULAC, um, one of the things that you also get involved with is with El Vestido Rojo event. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? I was telling you a little bit off air that I, I see a lot of people that are my friends on Facebook always post about, and I have a, a small grasp of like why that event's being done, but can you, can you kind of give us a rundown for everybody that doesn't know about yes, that event? Yes, Vestido Rojo is uh, hosted by the American Heart Association. Uh, we didn't have an event last year due to the pandemic, but uh, typically, actually, uh, the Civic Center is where we typically okay. have it. So, um, great people. Uh, Leti Vega is one of the members, so she helps us out a lot. And uh, it's, um, so Latino women, right? We take care of everybody. Siempre estamos regañando, right? A todo mundo, pero nos cuidamos nosotras. We don't take care of ourselves. So, um, Vestido Rojo is great because... Um, uh, local hospitals, many local clinics, doctors and nurses come together to put a day, like a free clinic, para la mujer latina. Okay. And so they come and get free health screenings, uh, check, in, oh, you know, they, they check their heart, their blood pressure, things like that. They, uh, they teach us how to eat better, right? So, you know, it's interesting because I think I learned this my first year and it stuck with me. So uh, you guys are Latinos, so you'll be able to relate. At our house, right, we always have like el plato con carne asada, rice and beans, and a tortilla, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have more than one grain, mm -hmm. but we have three, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, that's a no-no. Yeah, yeah. So, Those tortillas um, by their own, they're already yeah, so people, pretty dangerous. And not just that, but you know, um, I don't know about in Mexico, but in El Salvador, we make tortillas and we eat them that day, right? They're yeah. not good the next day. They yeah. start getting ligosas, and they're not good. Mm -hmm. So here, though, the tortillas, they sit on a shelf for days, right. weeks, mm -hmm. so you, God knows what kind of stuff they put in them for them to last that long. Mm -hmm. So that's how long it takes for our body to break them down. Not, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. I'm just saying this is what I learned. So I was very impressed because <laughs> it stuck with me. 
Because I was one of those, right? Yeah. Arroz, frijoles, queso fresco, crema, oh. tortillas. Man, she's saying all this, but I'm, that's what I'm about to go do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of hungry, so... Yeah, yeah, but you know, so it's just giving information to people. And I think uh, my second year, a story that stuck with me was a lady that went, and the doctor told her, you, you need to go to the hospital. Uh, we have to put you on, on medication. Your blood pressure is too high. You, need, you know, she said, I can't. I only came here because this was free. Um, but my husband is not going to let me go. And he was like, go to my clinic. This is my business card. I'm not going to charge you anything. And so um, the point of this is that it's to, to bring awareness, uh, health awareness, a la mujer latina. And uh, a lot of times they're scared too. You know, they don't really know what it is. Mm. So if it's a gala and they get to dress up and look pretty, even though they're going for a health screening, yeah. we get to, you know, network. Um, it makes it a little easier. And sometimes when they see somebody else doing it, maybe somebody that they know, I was originally invited to Vestido Rojo by Noemi Barragan, uh, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. She was, uh, she kind of spearheaded everything. And uh, she knew me from Salvadoreños Unidos through my mom. Okay. And so she's like, a lot of people know you. I want you to come because I want you to bring more, more Latino women. We need them. I want you to be a madrina. And so I've been holding the, the crown de Vestido Rojo, soy la reina de Vestido Rojo. Uh, for two years running only because we couldn't host an event last year. I'm sure uh. I'm going to lose that crown this year. But I, well, hey, no, we I'm got faith in you. We got faith in you. Yeah, well, Triple I'm going to keep my crown. They're going to have yeah. to issue a new one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love there wearing that go. crown. No, but it's all about um, health awareness, right? In, in La Mujer Latina. And, and a lot of times because um, we're always working or because um, our families um, are not as well off as you know other communities, they have to work two to three jobs, so they're not at home taking care of their kids, right? So much less do they have time to study. What should they mm -hmm. eat? Should they be having this many grains? So having one day for them a year, it's a wonderful thing that the American Heart Association does. Yeah. That machista culture is toxic because, I mean, it's, uh, let's be honest, it's sometimes the men mm -hmm. that don't, like, they put everything on the woman and just expect everything to be easy after they work. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what happens is that the woman is not able to take care of herself uh, like she should, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. we definitely need to defeat that well, just that culture and also just information the, the mm -hmm. ease of information. I think uh, like you said the community Parents have to work maybe one or two or three jobs at a time They don't have time to go see the doctor. Maybe they can't afford insurance. They don't have that Undocumented, that. you can't get insurance. Mm -hmm. So it's it's expensive to try to go and learn yeah. about that information and uh, you know, there's lots of research that shows that uh, communities of color have a, a higher rate of all kinds of health um, conditions because Diabetes. of yeah, lo lack of information. So a huge amazing uh, organization the stigmatism too and different things you know yeah. um, something i learned actually uh, when we hosted a mobile salvadorian consulate uh, in february uh, we had a lady that fell in the parking lot and she broke her arm mm. so we need to take her to to the er right so i took her to the er and um, springdale 37 percent population hispanic right mm -hmm. They don't have a bilingual person. They yeah. don't have somebody to translate. Yeah, it's insane. So we had to have one of our members to stay and translate. You would think that that's yeah. such a HIPAA, OSHA, some sort of violation, right? But what do you do? She was like, stay, stay with me because she couldn't speak English and yeah. nobody could translate for her. In Probably Spring terrified. Yeah, I had no idea. And yeah, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, just just little things on how un underrepresented we are, right? right? As talented, as community as we are, as hardworking as we are, why aren't we in that field? Why aren't we in that hospital? Why, you know? 
Yeah. It's just many different things that makes you wonder. And that's one of those things where, like, they, I mean, as a kid, like, our parents would be the ones that would be like, hey, can you go with me to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you inter- I, be, I was interpreting when I was 10 years old, I right? I remember being 12 years old and interpreting immigration issues, and I was like, I don't know what this word means because <laughs> I've never learned that word, right? Yeah, I'll be make, I, I've already talked, this about, talked about this on another episode, but, you know, one time I tried to interpret for my dad who was, like, in the hospital and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, the doctor was trying to say uh, pulmon. Mm-hmm. And... And I was thinking lungs, mm-hmm. so I interpreted it as lonjas. <laughs> and I told my dad, he said, que las lonjas, that you, you got problems. <laughs> and my dad was like, yo, I'm skinny, bro. Like, what's going on? That's but, like, but we try, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I don't want to say kids nowadays don't do it, but I feel like back in the day, it was more like we were thrown into the lion's den. We're not, yeah. we don't, like, learn those words in school either, you know? It's, it's not like uh, there's... Spanish English dictionaries or, or a bunch of Spanish speaking teachers mm-hmm. um, in, exactly. in the school districts that are yeah. going to be able to tell you, hey, this is how you say uh, lungs in, in Spanish. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's why you have a lot of Yosapo kids. You yeah. Know, yeah. So, yeah. Which yes. I was. I you, was. You I probably was, still are, but somebody <laughs> had to correct I've you. I've never been, but I can't relate. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I can relate in the opposite way of that, I suppose. Um, sometimes I feel ridiculous if I'm doing an interview for one of our events or something and it's all in Spanish and there's a word that doesn't come to me yeah. or even at my job right I'm talking to a business owner and there's a word that doesn't come to me so I'm always like yo sé que tengo cara de nopal but it just this word and so my mom because my mom always gets on to me she's like, how do you not know that yeah well what happens mom is that I learned that word in English only when I was going to school in the US mm. so therefore I don't know how to translate yeah. that word you know like I, when I translated material for vestido rojo for yeah. them to speak um, I remember Rico was up there. He was looking at this word. He was like, who in the world translated this? I know he was thinking that. Yeah. And so he just supplemented it with something else, right? Yeah. But a lot of the times, I have to go to Google for certain words and oh, yeah. then, you know, figure out, oh, this is what mm-hmm. it's trying to say to kind of, you know, speak right. into well, the community. Well, Translate has gotten better than yeah. it was yeah. than it was years prior. It was pretty bad, like, four or five years ago. Um, and I it was also, still pretty bad. <laughs> it, it's gotten a little bit better because I remember, like, uh, for me, it, I, I try my best to put information out in Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't do it right, and I get criticized a lot for that. Like, I'll get people in my community reply and be like, can't you put this in Spanish? And sometimes I don't have time, right? Mm-hmm. But I also have people that will call me out on my spelling with my enyes and, like, with my accents and stuff when I don't get it right. And I'm like, yo, but I'm trying to deliver a message. Yeah. I, I am bad about criticizing about that in my own organization. Yeah. Sometimes somebody will put a post on Facebook, and I'll be like, mom, who posted that? <laughs> and I'll go in there, and, it, you know, I'll edit it all and change it. I would I would like that, you know, I think it's it should be like a community effort where like if someone doesn't put something, help out, you yeah. know, but instead of calling out, call in. Well, I, yeah, I, right. I also think a lot of my parents aren't as educated as my generation is. Right. You know, True. me and my siblings, we all got to go to college, but my parents didn't. They were always working. Mm-hmm. You know, they they came to the United States when they were 17 and just started working immediately. So, you know, sometimes the older generation doesn't have that grammatical education that we yeah. do. So I, I think it does take that. But to your point about like learning words, my, my sister is a speech therapist and she talks about how bilingual children sometimes end up speaking later in life. You know, parents be afraid that they're, they're going to be mute their entire lives, but it's because they're thinking of everything in two languages. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they de- de- develop a stutter. Um, I, I had like a little bit of a stutter when I was really little. Even now I catch myself like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some words I'll just trip up on. But it's because, you know, your your brain is, is thinking of languages. In Do that you think way. in Spanish or English? 
thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> That's I, a hard I, one, right? I think, well, I, I honestly oh. think it, de- it depends on the situation. Yes. Uh, I, I think I, I think in English a little more yeah. and lately. Um, but when I'm around, like, my parents, uh, I think of in Spanish. Yeah, depends on who you're around with. And then yeah. you can also change, like, do you change your accents when you're around certain people? Cause oh, feel, yeah, absolutely. Like, when I'm with, like, my Guanajuato people, like, we talk different. <laughs> you know, we talk different than with my Salvadorian friends yeah. or with my, like, uh, English-speaking friends. Right. Yeah, my, my girlfriend says I, I talk to my mom differently than I would talk to her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I say a lot more Awos. Instead of, uh, oh, uh, hey, usted. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of that for sure. Then when you talk to me, you call me dog sometimes. Yeah, what's up, dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never had anybody call me dog. But that's my dog. But I got, I got adjusted to it, so we're good. We Gucci. But, um, so besides that, there's other stuff that you do in the community. Can you talk a little bit about, I think you, you were mentioning um, something specific besides... Um, besides the Vestido Rojo, besides the Salvadorian Multiple Festival, vaccine. how you try to, oh, the, the vaccination clinic as well, but then also, I think, the something consulate? about uh, mm-hmm. supporting, it was like about supporting community in a specific way. I mean, goodness, I, I think that everything that I do is supporting the community in a specific way, True. but, um, so, uh, through Salvadorian News para Arkansas, I got to um, network with uh, the Salvadorian government a lot, and so I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, Ambassador Mayorga, uh, el ministro del exterior, uh, el señor consul que maneja Dallas and Houston, and uh, we brought a lot of uh, mobile Salvadorian consulates to Northwest Arkansas in the last three years, actually. They had not been here for many years before uh, for whatever issue, but we worked with them. We're able to bring him to help the Salvadorian community. Mm-hmm. Typically, a consulate will run about 200 passports a day. I can tell you that when we bring them, we, they run about 500. Wow. So they do a lot of work. There's a lot of need in this area. Yeah. So due to that need, um, the Salvadorian government, uh, Presidente Bukele, approved a uh, Salvadorian consulate in Arkansas. So at first they approved it and they were looking at Little Rock because all the consulates for other countries are in the capital. But through some data, through census, through signatures, through... Um, just a lot of communication, I guess, and support from the dignitaries. We were able to, they approved it in Northwest Arkansas. I actually nice. met with Ambassador Mallorca about a month ago. And um, she said that we're good now. We just need to find a location in Springdale, Rogers hey. Bay, also NWA. This is the first time that NWA will host a consulate yeah. for another nation. Like, that's never happened anywhere in any big city. It's yeah. always in the capital of the, you know, of the state. So this is a big deal for NWA. Hopefully it's gonna bring a lot of jobs, but it's gonna, more than anything, it's gonna help the Salvadorian community because um, right now, si están indocumentados, they have to take off work, right? Then they're risking driving to Dallas, which is the nearest center, if they have an appointment, if they know how to book an appointment, right? So um, this will also help all the businesses because people no longer have to take their vacation time to go take care of an immigration matter, right? Mm -hmm. They can do it on their lunch break. And now they can actually use their vacation to rest or do whatever they need to do, which makes them, you know, more refreshed for work. it has a lot of a lot of benefits so that's a huge accomplishment it's a big deal I've uh, been working on that since 2019 um, kind of put a pause on it and during the pandemic and then of course when we had the change in office here it also had to pause everything and they had to renegotiate mm. but we are good to go we have the thumbs up uh, so we're just looking for a location now that's so cool I get messages all the time like Salvadorian people would be like yeah I know the Mexican Consulate comes here all yeah. the time, yeah. but when when is the, the Salvadorian consulate gonna come? And I'm just like, 
and I'll go look at the consulate page, right. and there's not much information as mm-hmm. to when it's coming over. Like, it's like Dallas. That's so, it. So, and not just that, but we had a huge deal. They made an exception uh, back in uh, December of 2020, and they let the mobile consulate come, even though all consulates were closed due to the mm. pandemic. And so we just had to follow, you know, guidelines and rules and get all the permits that we needed to get. But it was a big deal. We actually had people here um, on record that came from Houston, from uh, Tennessee, from Mississippi, from Missouri, from Kansas. Nice. All these people came here because all the consulates were closed. And wow. so we were actually hosting them. The line, they were backing. I mean, they, they had backed up traffic all the way to 71B. Police, uh, Springdale police showed up a few times. They were like ma'am, we're giving you a ticket. I'm like, I'm not blocking the traffic. I told, <laughs> I told these people that, that, to do that. Like, yeah. you know, pero la comunidad no entiende a veces, you yeah. know, and, and people like to criticize. I, I get I get that a lot. You know, I'll post my videos and they'll go on there and blast me and they'll be like, this is so unorganized. And I'm like, hey, I need more help. By yeah. all means, please come help me organize it better. Then, then they don't say anything else. <laughs> no, nobody like, ever shows up. <laughs> going back into our little cave, right? Yes. After criticizing. Yes, yes. So that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. It's, it's a huge accomplishment for Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Para la comunidad salvadoreña. And so um, I know the nearest uh, Mexican consulate is in Little Rock, but they yeah. have been closed as well mm-hmm. and working very, very remotely. So um, we're working on something with them too. Please do not paid on my page I, I, i'm not giving you a date it was just something we're working on to also help um our brothers and sisters from mexico so yeah. that we can have something in wa for them as well that's yeah. so cool and people need to remember jessica's not the console herself no i am not you know? you're about to get some i'm only a volunteer yeah, hey. i work with them it's <laughs> one thing that's, to help that's you. tough for organizers yes. yeah and you but. got to meet a uh, bukele right yes and uh, November can you talk a little bit about that um i don't know do we have time yeah we do we're okay all right. <laughs> How much time do we minutes. need? Because well, 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 no, we have, you said 30 minutes, and I still got a lot of information about the vaccinations we're and good, things too. Yeah, so, go ahead. Well, what I can share is that um, before we got the ball rolling on asking for the mobile consulates, um, for some reason, I don't know, this area had been banned, whatever group they had been working with, I don't know who they are, I don't really care. Yeah. So um, finally, they, they got tired of all my letters, right? So we were writing to the consulate, they weren't responding to us, so that's what my mom said, I una carta presidente. And I was like, yeah, he's not gonna read it. He's not gonna get that. But I, I, I wrote the letter, right? Because mm. my mother told me to. <laughs> and we sent it, we got a response from the secretary. Wow. And uh, they were like, hey, uh, we're gonna be in St. Mary's University in Los Angeles, California. If you can make the trip, we'll give you a pass. Oh. And so I was like, yeah, let's go. But it was kind of bad. Uh, we didn't accomplish everything that we needed to accomplish because they had the wildfires. Yeah. And so they're really close to St. Mary's, so we kind of had to end things short. Mm. But um, I always tell everybody that, that Presidente Bukele is my novio. Platonico. But, of course, I love Gabriela, his wife. She's I was about gorgeous. to say he's got a wife, right? Yeah, she's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those cosas eran amores platonicos. No, but I think he's just done a lot of great things for the country. I think he's really helped the, helped the nation out a lot. He's made a lot of changes. Um, even through the pandemic, people thought that he was maybe a little, you know, overtight with the rules, but yeah. it helped, right? Yeah. And he made sure that his people were fed and everybody was taken care of. And so sometimes people don't want to take care of themselves, you know, and mm-hmm. people have to step in. And if you have the power to make a decision for them, why not? Mm-hmm. And not that I'm not in any means saying that, I approve any type of dictatorship. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Let me correct myself. They'll get you for that. So yes, because somebody <laughs> will. Somebody out there heard this, and they're like, oh, okay. she she wants him to. No, but that's not the case. I just think that um, I really like the changes that he's made. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that the country has progressed a lot. Uh, they're yeah. developing. When I met with uh, the Minister of the Exterior, uh, we got to talk about 
how they're developing land. You know, we've always had the one airport, uh, El Aeropuerto Internacional San Salvador, and now they're already building the one in, in Oriente. Mm -hmm. So now there is opportunity for people from the U.S. to want to invest in the country if okay. they want to. Um, and, you know, they get like a tax benefit as well. So um, they can invest in uh, other resorts because um, Playa del Tunco is like overrun now, right? Yeah. But there's many other beaches and the country is beautiful in many other places. So uh, the, he's definitely done a lot for the country and developing the country. Mm -hmm. Another thing that, I, he's just super uber smart, right? Yeah. So another thing that he's done is, uh, for some reason, the previous president uh, got a study from uh, UCLA and Harvard, right? Which is great, I mean, great universities, right? But they did a study and they told him that they didn't think it was worth it to grow our own grains in El Salvador, right? That we needed to just, the El Salvador needed to import. So what happened was that they stopped growing coffee, which is one of our best things that we ever do, right? Mm -hmm. And I see you on my los frijoles. So they started importing, but then they're importing, so they're paying for the product, and they're paying taxes on that product. But it's crazy that we could we were already growing in, in the country, right? So that's something that uh, Bukele is changing too. So if people want to invest in that, is uh, they're gonna get back back to basics. Sometimes you just gotta get back to basics and yeah. start growing the grains again. Of course, you know, you have to prepare the land and it'll take a while, but but he's looking at the future, right? Looking long-term and I, I think that's so beneficial because if people, um, if we're all happy uh, where we are, if we can provide for our families, then we're gonna stay there, right? And so it's gonna, it's gonna lessen the immigration mm -hmm. toll because people will be able to provide for their families and uh, they'll be able to have better lives because they no longer have to worry about, you know, La Guerrilla or, yeah. or things like that that they were running from and now they, they can have jobs they can have the grains to provide for the family and in the country's at peace yeah so I and low COVID cases I mean that was that's one what I'm saying thing. that's I the mean, one thing that was like it's you, so great. you talk about a country that's seven million people but it's maybe the size of Arkansas. no smaller the size of Northwest Arkansas seven million people in the size of Northwest Arkansas and they had less cases than all of the US mm -hmm. I mean it's it's pretty insane that's so cool. very commendable so yeah. I get to meet a lot of cool people um, and it's interesting uh, because I only get to meet him because I'm like what can you do for our community yeah. yeah like you know like you're just holding people accountable right mm -hmm. yeah you're pretty you speak pretty but what's real what's tangible what what's yeah. tangible and so because um, you probably hear from so many people why well, do all the time of people that just want to tell you what you want to hear but not really do anything yeah and so um, I'm very direct I guess so uh, the ambassador told me that she pulled me aside <laughs> after a meeting and she was like you and I need to get together uh, it, it was great I have some pictures I can share with you oh, yeah. but uh, so uh, I'm very direct I, they were showing the math or something the financials and I was like hey that doesn't make sense and then they all they all looked at me you know you're in an office that with, means like, you're all this cameras from the government right and they were just like what's off and I was like well your percentage is off I mean <laughs> and so i um, doing my math on my phone right like they probably thought I was texting or you know Facebook <laughs> like them, most yeah. millennials right but I was not I was doing the math and then I showed him and he was like huh hold on a second and then he called somebody else who put the slideshow together right oh, okay. and then they're like oh it's because those numbers are just to compare to that what the Panamanian government is doing versus what I was like oh well then you should say that on your slide because <laughs> yeah, your slide does not say that you know sense. so you just the thing is, is when you meet these people sometimes a lot of people um, you'll never see on my, on my social media you're not your friend's social media you won't see me posting pictures with people uh, you won't see me uh, advocating myself I, I think that I've gotten more uh, known in 2020 only because everything went virtual yeah. <laughs> so in order to get the effectiveness the effectiveness that I needed for all the organizations I work with I had to do everything on social media and I had to post about it right 
Um, but other than that, I think that when we do the work, we do it for the community, not mm -hmm. for ourselves. And a lot of people mistake that. And so I think that that's also why um, Salvadorians Unidos para Arkansas is very efficient because people feel like they can come to us and ask us for help. A lot of times people don't ask for help because they're embarrassed, right? Because what, what's the first thing people do is take a picture with them and post it on social mm -hmm. media. I help so-and-so. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and, and people don't want that. They're already embarrassed. I don't know about you guys, but if I ever need a favor, I mean, I will dwell and dwell. And I don't even want to ask my own mother for a favor, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, so can you imagine for somebody to have to go ask a stranger, like, hey, I can't pay Look my rent. Look I helped out with food today. Yeah, and so, you know, somebody <laughs> to show up, like, yeah, I, I helped them pay the rent. So um, yeah. I, so that's the important thing about um, what we do is that you're not, we're going to tell you about community events. We're going to ask you to come help us. We're going to ask for volunteers. We're going to talk about all the fun stuff, right? But all the behind the scenes on how we help the community, we have that on record. We have to have it for tax purposes. We have to show where everything goes. Um, but we always ask for permission, and we always tell them we're not going to share it on social media. We do share it with the, within the organizations. And uh, it's the same thing with LULAC, you know. Typically, the students want to be on camera, and they want their pictures taken, like yeah. they're a scholarship recipient. But if they don't want to, we don't force them. So typically, we'll have five or ten students, and we have more than 30 recipients per year. Yeah. So, um, so it's, just, it's just about giving um, the credit to the organization and not myself, right? So when I get to meet all the school people, I know that I'm not representing Jessica Aguilar. Right, I'm representing whatever organization I'm there with. Sometimes it just so happens that I can talk about all four of the organizations because I'm with people like you guys. But typically, whenever I go to do something, I, it's about the foundations and what they're doing for the community and how we can help. Yeah. Okay, and then the vaccination clinics. Yes. So, um, well, Salvadorians Unidos para Arkansas has a new office. Super. Super. <laughs> yay. Super <laughs> Salvadorians. Super yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We love acronyms. Um, so we have a new office in Springdale, Arkansas. Uh, the owner of C3 is one of our members, and so uh, we have an office there now. Uh, it's a car lot, but it has a huge parking structure, so we're gonna be doing a mobile clinic for the Latino community, all the community, but we want mostly the Latino community to please get vaccinated. Yes. Um, I don't know why people don't wanna get vaccinated. It's, it's about not just your health, but you know everybody else's health as well. So it's very important, and uh, for some reason, the Latino community, our numbers, once again, we're underrepresented, right? Mm -hmm. Underrepresented in everything, including getting the vaccine. There's a lot of misinformation out there, too. People would just be believing mm -hmm. random Facebook videos that talk about how you're not going to be able to have kids if you get the vaccine, which is false. Yeah, that's so not true. We can't believe, we shouldn't believe those kind of things. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, and I mean. You, that's September. September 18th at okay. 2679 North Thompson Street in Springdale. That's how you know she's a good organizer. <laughs> she's remembering directions like that. The address. Yeah. The time. Yeah. <laughs> Three days after the Concierto Marco Antonio Solis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so no excuse. Three days. No I'll excuse. So come yeah. join us. Uh, please come show some support. Show up and, uh, you know, um, get vaccinated. We're also going to um, try to maybe have a small kermesse there. So um, Okay. We'll have food, we'll have music, you know how we do it. Yay. It'll be fun. But more than anything, uh, just get vaccinated. If you're still scared to get vaccinated, come get some information. Come talk to a professional. So we're partnering up with Walmart Pharmacy. And uh, we're going to be out there uh, making sure that we do our part in helping the community, right? So, in uh, Espanol, se les va a hablar muy bien. Si quieren inglés, también en inglés. So, um, if you parle vous François, you know, we'll try. <laughs> but let's French. do it. Let's Sorry. do it. Yeah. So, uh, it's about the community. It's about all of us, right? That's not, so cool. not just one of us. So, 
September 18th, 2679 North Thompson Street. Come check us out. Come see us. Come enjoy some good pupusas Ooh. and music. And also, have you guys heard about Haunted Nightmares, uh, Haunted House in Bella Vista, the one that does the buzzes? The yeah, night, right? absolutely. I didn't, but when I saw your notes and I said haunted, I was like, I'm in. Oh, <laughs> yes. So we need volunteers. Um, but you Sign can also, up. if you don't want to be a volunteer. So I, am, I get super scared. Okay. So okay. I'm scared of everything. So every year that I go... I would like to really hide, like, you know, behind whomever I'm with. Like, my face is buried yeah. in their shoulders. Covered because, up. Yes, yeah. because I get scared. <laughs> so, um, especially clowns. I'm terrified of clowns. And Love really clowns. Fun. But I, <laughs> <laughs> she, she just checked the corner for a moment. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, looking around. Is there a clown here? <laughs> There's a clown Yeah, somebody's going to jump out at me. But, um, so, um, the cool thing about the Nightmares Haunted House is that they partner with local, um, non, uh, you know, nonprofit foundations, right? And everything that they raise from the Haunted House, they distribute it amongst nonprofit organizations. But whoever oh. they're partnering with that year, get a bigger cut. So that means that we're able to help more people. That's cool, right? So, um, but we're gonna be doing all the work behind the scenes. So I was like, I'm in because this time I get to dress up and I get to jump on and scare somebody, right? Nobody <laughs> oh, gonna be scaring yeah, me. There you go. So, so that's pretty cool. So we're get, we're working on that. So if okay. you'd like to sign up and be a volunteer, um, of course, you know, they're in. But if you're listening to this, uh, follow us on Facebook at Salvadoreños Unidos para Arkansas on our webpage at supa1.org and. Uh, you're gonna yeah, get messages not. about the consulate, about the oh, haunted all of bus. It. Yeah, it's about to blow up. What else we have Vestido Rojo? People are gonna yeah, get you about so everything. We don't have a date for Vestido Rojo yet, but we are with the American Heart Association at least doing an outdoor walk and that'll be posted on my personal page as well. So uh, You're doing a lot. I I try, Keep you know. It up. We're proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So you know what it is, is uh they've always said uh, be grateful that you're in a position of helping and not in Definitely. the position of needing help, right? Definitely. And I don't take that for granted, you know. Um, I was born and raised in a third world country, right? So, mm -hmm. so I definitely see the opportunities. This is definitely the land of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't take advantage of it, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. If you have the opportunity to take advantage, not everybody has the same opportunities. I mean, I, I've been blessed enough that I've been able to connect with the right people. Same. Because sometimes just being, sometimes working hard is not enough. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I work hard, but sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes yeah. being smart is not enough, yeah. right? You have to... Oppression is real. Oppression is real. Yes, yeah, so you have to like meet the right person at the right time mm -hmm. and, and seize the opportunity. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you're going to miss that bus. Right. And so uh, when we're in the, in the position to be able to help others, we have to do it. It's, it's what we must do. Um, so, no, I, I love it. I love being able to help others. And uh, I do catch... A lot of slack sometimes from people that think that I don't do enough or I don't do it well enough, but I do do Same. it from the heart. It's part of it's part of, it's part of doing community work. You're always gonna get people that praise you, but you're always gonna get people that. But usually, the people that don't like what you're doing are way less than the people that praise you for your work. Yeah. So right, they're doing a lot less. Yeah, and then yeah, and then then they're not doing the work, so it's like they're criticizing but not doing the work. So, so you, know. you know, um, one well, I've heard a few times. I guess people sometimes say that I'm, I might be a little whitewash, right? And uh, it, it's not that I'm whitewash. I'm very proud of who I am and where I come from, and I know how I got here, and I know where I'm going. I have a plan. But um, unfortunately, Latinos don't get involved enough. You know, every time they ask for volunteers, um, most of the people that volunteer are Caucasian people, mm. right? The gringos. They're the ones always willing to help. Yeah. You know? And uh, you don't know how many times when I, I worked at a big corporation here locally, and uh, uh, 
was one of the founders of an organization called Latinos Engaged in Advancing and Developing. And I would ask my Latino friends, people that, you know, worked in the next cubicle that I did business with, and they'd be like, I don't have time. And no fans, Manny, but, you know, they were like a Manny, right? No <laughs> kids, you know, having fun. They still have a girlfriend. Oh, I was like, being called out. <laughs> you know, my point is, is that... Yeah. You, I get could, what you're you could make a little time, right? Because mm -hmm. I was like, dang, well, I have three kids. I work full time. I travel for my job. Yeah. I work with three nonprofits. Mm -hmm. I work with the consulate. And if I can make time to go to the Springdale School Districts and read a book to a kid, yeah. you can make the time. Yeah. Right? But they just don't want to. We just don't want to. A lot of times we just don't want to do it. Well, hopefully, hearing people hearing what you're doing, everything that you're doing, which is a lot, they get some motivation that can be like, I can at least get involved with at least one of these organizations yeah. that That's Jessica's a part of. But we're super appreciative of everything you do. Oh, and uh, I'm glad that we uh, now know each other. Yes, so maybe next too. time, whenever the Salvadoran Festival happens, you can come and promote it. And uh, Manny can be organizing it too. <laughs> oh, I'm recruiting you guys. I, if I've yeah, already hey. recruited you, you're you're spoken for. I'm getting your cell phone numbers before I leave here. Sign me yes. up. Well, thank you once again. Uh, that's the end of this episode, episode one of two of the District Three podcast. And uh, we're signing off. Catch you all next week. Thanks. Peace. <laughs>